Can I just pray? I love you guys clapping for the word. Because you know what? We're not trying to be cool, man. If I'm, on, if I'm cool, it's on accident. I'm 25 years away from wearing a Hawaiian shirt to church. You know? And all this stuff that you see, we don't need this stuff. We could do church without lights, but we just say, God, in how many ways can we worship you? And, and I'm telling you what, heaven, if, if we make it, will be the weirdest place you've ever been. There are, there are creatures covered in eyeballs circling the throne of God and electricity and thunder just re resounding around his throne. If you can't handle the loudness here, you are going to hate heaven. You're going to hate it. Oh, I will, Raina. I will. <laughs> the caffeine kicked in. Can you feel it? Sometimes I'm like, Jesus, I don't know the difference between the Holy Spirit and caffeine sometimes because I drink so much coffee. Anyways, <laughs> Lord, I thank you that the best thing going on in this place right now is not Hollywood's depiction of what a good story is, but the greatest story ever written is being written in this room right now because people are about to go from death to life. Lord, I thank you that they don't have the market cornered on the drama because the plot twist that's going to drop in this place right now is that they came in dead, but they're leaving alive. And I thank you, Father, that I get to have a front row seat and witness some people getting free today. And all my people, my friends said, okay, you can be seated. I got ghetto at the end of that one. And I will say for the record, I'm from Indiana, so if I ever get ghetto, you know I'm lying. <laughs> Actually, I, I am from the hood, and I have a stab wound. I was on the subway the other day, and this guy was just like, these kids were joking around about stabbing each other, and this guy was like, hey, that's not funny if you've ever been stabbed. And I was like, word. And he looked at me, he's like, you've never been stabbed? And then I showed him. I was like, with a screwdriver, too, and it was rusty. And then me and him just hung out all day riding. The no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right, so I'm going to read to you guys the Bible. Back to the Bible, 1 Corinthians is uh, absolutely incredible. But let me tell you what 1 Corinthians is before we read it because um, it's so funny to me. Corinthians was a major metropolitan area with ports. And there was so much sexual promiscuity happening in this area that when they named it, they used the Greek word for fornication, which is actually close to Corinth. So Corinthian and the, the people of Corinth, it's literally an, another way of saying sexonia, right? Or, or fornicatia. That's how much was going down that they actually named the place after how much sexual sin they were into. And so this guy named Paul shows up and he plants a church and then he goes out and plants other churches. Now he's writing a letter back to them because he's found out that things are not going down the way he planned. They're starting to get back into their old ways. They're starting to get back into the things that had them held down. They're starting to literally take the chains up off the floor and put them back around their neck. And Paul's like, I'm gonna have to write you a letter. Have you ever gotten a letter from your mom, right? Maybe I'm the only one. You get that long text because they heard that you were at the club. <laughs> this is basically what 1 Corinthians is. And let me read this to you. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 14, or 15 rather. And we're going to look at like 3 through 9. A little, little bit more than I've got there. 
It says this, the first thing I did was place before you what was placed so emphatically before me that the Messiah died for our sins, exactly as scripture tells it, that he was buried, that he was raised from the dead, and on the third day, exactly as scripture says, that he presented himself alive to Peter, then to his closest followers, and later to more than 500 of his followers all at the same time, most of them still around, although a few have died. And he says that he then put time with, you know, spent time with James and the rest of them that he commissioned to represent him. And then finally he presented himself alive to me. And it was fitting that I bring up the rear because I don't deserve to be included in that inner circle, as you well know, having spent all of those early years trying my best to stamp God's church right out of existence. Now, maybe you know your saints, but did you know that the apostle Paul was a Christian killer, and now he's on mission for Jesus to go spread the gospel and the story of Jesus everywhere he went. And so he's telling them, like, we've got to go back to the basics because you think you've advanced, but I'm hearing some drama is going down amongst you. And maybe some of you guys have been to church before. Maybe you were raised in Catholic school where they hit you in the face with a ruler and made you learn scripture. But is it all right if I go back to the basics this morning? Because you never really graduate the basics. It's still the teams doing the fundamentals in every sport that win consistently, right? And so we're going to go back to this story. And I love it because we've all encountered a rush. Like, for example, I was this indie rock, Mike Siggs, and I was playing a show in Portage, Indiana. And I looked out into the crowd and I saw this, this like, angel. And, and I didn't know at the time, but her name's Julie. And I got this rush of hormones. My entire six-foot Italian body started going, rar. That's your wife, rar. And then she proceeded to reject me multiple times until I won her over with a coffee date. And, and I just will say, if you, when you go, when you go on your first date, it's okay to make each other laugh, right? You, sometimes people bring out the Oprah story and let them into all the darkness, like on the first date. That's weird. Okay, I'm helping the single people in this room. Okay, you got to fake them out for a long time before you bring the darkness out and show them how wounded you really are. Okay, that was my program. We get a rush when we drink that slurping on a hot summer day too fast and our brain just starts going haywire. And, you know, for musicians, it's like my guy Ty on the drum is just, you know, working that whole kit and he just, he stretches out and takes a risk to do this massive fill. Boom, and then all of a sudden he connects, boom, hits that cymbal. And then Tim's shredding the guitar and working his way through the whole neck of the guitar and every single note is right. And at the end, he's like, woo. And it's like this back to the future moment, right? And, and you get this rush from that. It's like, it literally is a rush. You know, students hand in a paper and they get it back with 100% and they didn't plagiarize it from Google and you get a rush. Mothers at the moment of birth, they push that baby out after nine months of, of hard pregnancy and they hear that first cry and a rush comes over their body. Today, there are people praying all over the world I've asked my friends in other countries and all over the nation to pray that you would receive the rush of reason. Turn to the person next to you and say, wow, what a rush. Now turn to that other person that you ignored and tell them, I'm sorry for ignoring you. <laughs> it got a little awkward, didn't it? <laughs> the title of this message this morning is the rush of reason. 
And you know, we have so many images in our mind of Jesus and what he's like. And some of you guys came in with these different images. Maybe you have this Jesus who's like hippie Jesus with the flower crown from the 70s movie depictions. That's like, you know, the pictures that were hanging up in your family members' homes. Or maybe some of you have this depiction of Jesus in your mind. He's wearing a full-blown blue suit with a red tie for Republican, right? Maybe some of you even have caveman Jesus in your mind because 2,000 years ago in internet time is like a million. And who even knows what society was like? They were wearing sandals and they were doing caveman stuff and that's your perception, that's what you think, right? But you know, in this short three-hour message that I'm about to preach right now, I'm gonna introduce you to the real one, the real Jesus. Because, you know, I can try to explain to you the beauty and the splendor and the wonder and the hotness of Julie Signorelli, but you, if you don't come to V1, you might not ever know it and see it for yourself. And so it's so hard to put in words who Jesus is because he's unlimited and he's beautiful beyond measure and it's God in flesh that walked this earth and then unleashed through the Holy Spirit. And so it's like any words that I can use to convey, no matter how eloquent I try to be, and I write the sermon beforehand to try to convey it with exactly the right words, it's going to fall short of who really is. So the solution for that is for you to meet him yourself today. Is that okay? Now, here's something that I wrestled with. I got a supernatural call, and that's the only way I can describe it, to preach on my life because if anyone here really knew me, my default mode, and my mom can tell you because she's here, my default mode is in a corner reading a book alone in the dark. So the very fact that I'm in front of you right now is because there's a prodigy inside of me, and sometimes I argue with God. I'm like, why do you make me do this, God? And I think it's because he's looking for people that can deflect the glory. And sometimes the people who want the microphone are the last person who should get it. Can I get an amen? That's the only explanation for what God's done in my life because I don't even want to do it at times. But at 15 years old, this woman had this miraculous dream that I preached her church and that revival broke out and all these young people got saved and accepted Christ. And I resisted it and finally I just gave way to it and I did it and I just began to speak and these kids got saved. And at that exact service, when I was 15 years ago, 15 years old, I prayed for this, uh, this young girl who was born with a decrepit hand. And as I prayed for her, her hand literally stretched out and became healed and it was a medically verified miracle now I'm just gonna tell you guys I know how weird that is and I'm not gonna pretend like that's like not one of the most outrageous stories you've ever heard in your life but I wasn't going there to manufacture a moment I literally just this woman asked me will you pray for my daughter and I said yeah I'll do it and my mom was there for it and other people who are still alive was there for it and they could tell you about it And and then when I was 17 years old, I was preaching in a full gospel black church in Gary, Indiana, where Michael Jackson's from. And as I was preaching to this church, and I got this one on tape so you can listen to it, I just felt like after the, the message was over, I needed to begin to go into a time of prayer and just allow God to do whatever he wanted to do. And this woman who was deaf, she was born with one ear and deaf for her entire life, all of a sudden the ear popped open. And she started screaming, and I didn't know what happened. And she started running around this space like she was on fire physically and just began to say, like, my ears open. I was was deaf from birth in this ear. So I had two medically verified miracles happen from the age of 15 and 18. And then all of a sudden I became the first college-age student or first college student on both sides of my family. And I'm in this Big Ten University, IU which the year I showed up was when they were ranked the number one party school in the nation. I don't know if that had anything to do with me showing up, but I'm just saying, 
I'm just saying. And and I have these professors and I had that cliche secular humanist professor and the pantheist one and the, and the one that was atheist and the agnostic one. They begin to just tell me how stupid and hillbilly it was to believe in the existence of God. And even seeing what I saw was not enough to anchor me down. And there's some of you in this room that are like, man, maybe I'd be a pastor too if I saw two medically verified miracles when I prayed for somebody. But I've got real doubts and real anxieties and real things I struggle with in this faith. But I'm here to tell you that it wouldn't even be enough if you saw it. And you're like, I don't even understand. That's so crazy. What do you mean it wouldn't be enough? Because unless the Holy Spirit brands your heart and you have an encounter not with a miracle, You have an encounter not with a sign or a wonder, but you have an encounter with the one who gives those miracles. You will never know for sure. And so for those of you who come as skeptics and doubters, for those of you who come in this place and you're like, I just want to get on board so badly because I see the happiness on all the people's faces who have convinced themselves that this is the truth. I'm here to tell you it is. And I went through college, and my junior year of college, I showed up, and I had a roommate named Lamont King Black, and and he was a theologian from an Ivy League school, and he began to systematically break me down through that entire year, and it was that same year that the Passion of the Christ movie came out. So you talk about being on a collision course with destiny. I went and saw that movie, got wrecked. And then all of a sudden I came home and I was already weepy and emotional and I felt like the Holy Spirit was working on me. And this guy answered all of my questions. And I think the fact that some of you have been given religion that doesn't answer questions is the reason why you have so much doubt. But I'm here to tell you that there's this guy, his name was Thomas, and he walked with Jesus and he had this relationship with him and he saw all the miracles and he saw all the madness. He literally lived this scripture in real time. And after Christ was resurrected, he doubted it. But, but Jesus' response wasn't, oh, you idiot, you're doubting me. Didn't you see all those miracles that happened for three years when we were running around doing all this stuff? Dude, dude I'm ticked. I just came back from the dead and defeated death, hell, and the grave. And this dude don't even believe I'm around. That's how I would have responded. But instead, what he says is, Thomas, I'm here to encounter you, and I want you to look at my nail-scarred hands, and I want you to know that the proof that you're looking for exists, and it's standing in front of you right now. And so God in his mercy has come to you this morning at V1 Church to show you who he really is. And what I want to do is this. I want to tell you a few things that just gave me the tipping point. And this is crazy. This is like some of the knowledge that I acquired as God began to blow my mind and begin to answer all of my doubts. As I begin to go through a journey of studying, right now in this movie theater, there's a movie called The Case for Christ, and it's, it's released nationally. And the fact that it's synced up with its release and with this message series is just God's way of just over-communicating something to you. And, and when I begin to go on this journey and, and study, there's nothing recorded in antiquity, which is ancient times, so close to the events that happen and number of sources concerning the resurrection of Christ. Therefore, it holds the highest standards of historical record. So Jesus has 45 sources of him within 150 years of his death and resurrection. And you can even eliminate the Bible completely as a source and say, well, I don't trust in the Bible. Let's throw it out. But here's the thing that's crazy. Tiberius, which was the Roman emperor alive at the time that Jesus walked the earth, so they were both on earth at the same time, 
died just four years after Jesus and only has nine sources confirming his existence and yet no one questions it. Is that crazy to you? So if you're going off of pure intellectualism, I'm here to tell you the people making YouTube, YouTube videos don't have degrees. And as you go down this journey, and I've read my books, and I've done my due diligence, and I will go to Starbucks, and I will duke it out with any one of you in this place over philosophy and science and reason and theology because I wanted to know what I wanted to know because it was not respectable to live the unexamined life. And so I've done my homework, but you know what, for those of you who are always looking for the cliff notes in life, and you're always looking for that best friend who gives you the cheat sheet, your pastor Mike is here to tell you, I've read all the books, and the cliff notes says Jesus was exactly who he said he was. And I can tell you that science is confirming it, and the discoveries continue to come out, and philosophy and reason continues to confirm it. But the, but the greatest confirmation that we ever have is this. We were at my house on Friday, and we packed a lot of people in for a Good Friday prayer service for this event today. And uh, one of the guys, Matt, was there and he was like, Pastor Mike, I keep seeing like 12, the number 12. And I'm looking in this room and there's 12 people in this room right now. And, and he's like, what significance do you, do, you, do you think that has? And I said, you know, here's the thing, Matt. If we walked out of this space right now and we said, let's all conspire together and let's say that Mike Signorelli died and then three days later came back from the dead and spread that story to the 10 million people in New York City, do you think we could get it up off the ground? No way. Not in a heartbeat would people buy it. And that's 10 million people in New York City. Christianity has become a global movement and the question that you've got to ask yourself is how in the world did some ragtag poor Jews, did the illiterate and the stupid of society mobilize and create a global movement that spread so expansively and so rapidly that it's still thriving 2,000 years later? What did they see? What did they experience? And so right now, here's what we're going to do. There's a lot of talk lately about the 13 reasons why. And it's the 13 reasons why someone died. But right now, I'm going to give you 13 reasons why I know that death has been defeated and Jesus is who he said he is. Is that okay? After his resurrection, Jesus appeared 12 times at different group sizes, ranging from just one person to 500. Are you ready? Number one is this. Jesus appeared to Mary Magdalene, Peter in Jerusalem, and Jesus' brother James, who was an insider skeptic. Some of the hardest people to convince are the ones who know you the best. Am I right? Number two, Jesus appeared to the, the other women at the tomb. The tomb that the Jews who hated him even verified historically is empty by the way. Number three, Jesus appeared to the two travelers on the road. Number four, Jesus appeared to the 10 disciples behind closed doors. Number five, this is after his resurrection, Jesus appeared to all the disciples with Thomas, the doubting one. Number six, Jesus appeared to seven other disciples while fishing and made it the craziest fishing story ever. Number seven, Jesus appeared to the 11 disciples on the mountain. Number eight, Jesus appeared to a crowd of 500 who Paul says most of them are still alive. Go ask them for yourself what they saw. 
Number nine, Jesus appeared then to all the apostles, which includes 12 plus all the other apostles. Number 10, Jesus appeared to the disciples in Jerusalem. Number 11, Jesus appeared to those who watched Jesus ascend to heaven. Number 12, Jesus appeared to the least of all, Paul, who was an outsider skeptic, who had devoted his entire life to destroying Jesus. And number 13, the greatest reason that I have that I know Jesus is alive and death is defeated is because Jesus reveals himself to you right now and to me. And there are people all over the world that are attesting to encounters with the risen king. In Muslim nations, they're having dreams where Jesus is revealing himself without a preacher and a pulpit and without a sermon. There's people all around the world who are saying that he is who he says he is. There are people from every discipline of science that are coming out, philosophy, reason. There are people, mothers, blue-collar workers, white-collar workers, students, children's teens who are all coming up together and the crowd of witnesses are growing and people are declaring on Easter all over the world right now, Jesus is alive. And so today my prayer is that you walked in, Thomas, the one who doubts, but that you walk out saying, I saw something in that place that changed me. I saw something in that place that did not allow me to leave the same way I came in. Because if you showed up and all you saw was a preacher, then you ain't gonna change you. If you showed up and all you heard was a good song, that ain't gonna change you. But if I can introduce you to the one, the very one who formed you and knit you in your mother's womb, the one who has the authority to say, I don't make junk, therefore you're not junk. The very one who can tell you, I know the purposes and the plans that I have for you. They're for good and not evil. If you can meet him today, everything in your life will change. And I can give you every reason in every book. But it's actually when the Holy Spirit begins to illuminate your eyes and begins to open up your heart that he brands the seal of that identity and you say, yes, I'm a son or a daughter because all you've ever longed for is to be a son or a daughter, to be taken care of, to know that you don't have to do it alone, to know that you don't have to figure it out. And there's so much grace and mercy in the story after the resurrection, because Jesus comes out of that tomb after the, 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 the stone was rolled away. And you know what he does? He does a victory lap. He kept revealing himself to all these different people. He's like, hey, you remember you saw me die, right? <laughs> you remember when they were mocking me on the cross, right? You remember when they said it was, it was over, right? Well, hey, you want to fish? You want to hang out for a little bit before I send to heaven and release the Holy Spirit so we can do a victory lap around this place? And you know what? That's my Jesus, man. My Jesus had a personality. Can you, if I, I imagine he showed up to some of those fishermen. He's like, what's up, guys? What are you doing? And they were like, ah! Scripture actually gives account that some people were afraid when they saw Jesus and ran because they were so confounded by it. And, and so many times religion tells us this crazy theme that we have to believe blindly. That's not even scripture. That's religion. Paul didn't say believe blindly. You know what Paul said? Paul actually said, yo, there's over 500 people who saw him are still alive. Go talk to him for yourself. And I'm telling you, before you leave this place, if you go around to some people in here and say, hey, I got a question for you. Did you really see him? tears will well up in their eyes and they'll tell you stories about they were addicted to heroin 
and they begin to call out upon the name of Jesus and power surged through their body that they've never felt. And if you ask somebody else, hey, have you ever seen Jesus? All of a sudden, tears will well up in their eye and they'll say, oh, I've seen Jesus because I had the divorce papers and I was ready to sign and I called out upon the name of the Lord and all of a sudden something began to change and a love started returning for my wife that wasn't there. Oh, I've met Jesus. Trust me, I've seen him for myself. And if you ask somebody else, have you seen Jesus? They'll tell you, oh yeah, because I had five abusive stepdads who beat me and I was raised in poverty and I have every reason to hate, every reason to distrust, and yet I'm filled with this overflow of compassion in my heart because I let Jesus in because I met him and I know he's real I'm telling you this is what I want to leave you with you have to be resurrected in the same place you were crucified let me say it again you have to be resurrected in the same place that you were crucified Jesus didn't die in one region and then come back and, and reappear in China. He died and was resurrected in the same place. You know why? Because it's the proof. Because you've got to stand in front of the same people that watched you die to know that a miracle has truly happened. And my message to some of you is, you came here thinking it was just about Jesus, but Jesus was a model for you. He was saying, I'm going up before you and I'm gonna show you what I'm gonna cause you to go through. And some of you are like, well, I got the crucifixion part down real good because all my friends stabbed me in my back. I'm surrounded by, he had one Judas, I'm sur I, I work with a whole unit full of them, <laughs> right? But there are some of you in this place that are just like, why do I block them and then they get a new profile and come back? Why do I change my number and then they text me on another one? Why am I still at this job? Why am I still surrounded by these people? And the message that I have for you is that you have to be resurrected in front of the same people who watched you die. And that's the proof. Let me just share my story. And many of you who are at V1 know this story, but I'm gonna close on this. Is that at a time in my life where I found out that my biological father was dead and he died of a genetic brain disease, I developed alcoholism because I was so afraid of what was gonna happen to me and my young family. And I began to run away from God and I began to run away from what he had for me because I was like, it was like I wasn't stupid enough to believe he didn't exist anymore because I had been down that road, but I was mad at him. And there's some of you in this place who are like, yeah, I, I can agree with this whole sermon that he is who he says he is, but you left out the part when, when he is a jerk and when things don't go away the way I think they should go. And I lived in that space. And it was funny because I left ministry, I stopped pastoring and I went on this journey and I tried to reinvent myself and be this rock and roller. But what happened one day after everything fell apart is that I truly died. And I said, God, I don't wanna live like this anymore. I can't continue to walk this path. And so I surrendered everything to God. And then all of a sudden what happened was the church that I was at last brought me back and it was this like triumphant thing. And there was a lot of shame in my life because I was like, God, how can I be this righteous man of God after all these people saw me go on my prodigal journey? And it was in that time that I was dealing with so much shame and so much condemnation 
that the Holy Spirit whispered the words in my ears, I always resurrect in the same place you were crucified. And there's some people here who are like dealing with condemnation, dealing with shame, dealing with anger. Like, God, why did you let that person die? Why did you let this thing happen? But I'm here to tell you, God didn't cause it, but he's here to take the broken pieces and put it all back together this morning. If you allow him to resurrect you in the same place you were crucified. So is there someone who would just stand on their feet with me now as we close this thing out? Is there someone here who would just stand on their feet and say, yes, I, I wanna go there. I wanna release. I don't wanna walk out of this movie theater the same. I don't wanna know that I, that I had the chance to give it all up, to give up the guilt and the shame and and the condemnation, to give up the religion and the pride. And, and, and I don't want to miss that moment. Thank you for listening. Your experience doesn't have to end with this message. Visit us online at v1.church and send us a message. If you would like to help V1 reach New York and beyond, download the V1 Church app for iPhone and Android and click give. Join us this Sunday for our weekend celebration. Directions and info can be found on our website.